VNN Free Talk Live with Jeff Beck. Yeah, to those listening tonight, uh, you've been hearing some new bumpers, and uh, I want to uh, thank uh, Stan Sikorsky and, of course, James Hawthorne at the uh, Wolf Lair Studio for putting those up. We've got uh, new bumpers for um, Truth is No Defense, which is in hibernation, and uh, Goyfire, I think I played one of those, and, of course, the Hawthorne Report and general bumpers all across the road, and of course uh, Stan did some for Free Talk Live, and we'll be playing those. I don't want to burn them out too much, uh, too fast, too quickly. But we got a, a really great show lined up tonight. Um, I'm very excited about having uh, Mitch Bubba on. He does a, um, he does a, a video production, and uh, this is something that has been talked about for a long time on VNN Media, and of course other places probably as well. Uh, getting into the video uh, arena. It's a little bit, um, I don't know, I, from my experience with video, which was about 5, 10, 15 years ago maybe, uh, it, was, it was quite complicated to do good sound, to do good images, and um, it cost a lot of money. The cameras were expensive, and uh, the equipment was big and bulky, and of course lights and so forth. Uh, but um, I guess there's all kinds of ways of doing it today, and, and things might have moved along. So what else is happening uh, here at VNM before we get into the show? With um, Alex and Stan also joining us, uh, we have, we have um, we had the special edition of Goyfire that came out this week with Kievsky. had to do with um, some topics that really aren't discussed all that much uh, around here. Some, but not, not a lot. Uh, peak oil and uh, agriculture and uh, building communities. Uh, Kievsky has, has an approach on that that's slightly different than mine, but um, it's worth hearing, so give that a listen. That's the latest edition of Goyfire. Uh, Goyfire 44 is soon to be released. It's probably in post-production work right now, so look for that too. Uh, something else that uh, I've... Uh, taken on a little bit more uh, to do is um, turning this book Siege into a audio book. Uh, Malleus uh, published this book. Uh, it was by James Mason. And I'm not sure when he wrote it, maybe 1980, uh, but it had to do with his experience in a Nazi organization uh, in around uh, in the early 1970s. Uh, and of course, either he knew directly or or was comrades with uh, people who were in the American, Nas- uh, American Nazi Party with George Lincoln Rockwell. And he has a lot of interesting observations to, uh, to share. I was, um, I was enthralled with the book uh, on a number of levels. Uh, he, uh, I can remember uh, the early 70s pretty well. And uh, it was a time of uh, a great deal of social upheaval. And we've talked about that a number of times here uh, on VNN, particularly on Goyfire. Uh, Craig has mentioned um, the way that our culture got turned upside down. Uh, and uh, it started in the mid-60s, but it carried through into the 70s, of course, where it, where it has now just sort of become uh, the way things uh, operate, the daily routine of life. But back then it was all rather unsettling, and uh, I've talked about men like my grandfather and father before on my broadcasts, and um, he describes a country that was ripe for revolution. 
and it just needed the right set of circumstances uh, to tip it to tip it over and um, this is uh, James Mason he also uh, shares that with uh, another clan organizer Joseph Tomasi and uh, and, fr and as well George Lincoln Rockwell thought that it could happen too but um, anyway I remember the 70s and it was uh, a very strange time it was a pretty free, free and open time too compared to what we have now it was in some ways it was conformist but there was a a lot of strange going ons back then, but one thing I would like to add to this, I think uh, Mason's observations are valid, and the reason why I think they're valid is because um, of a book I read recently, and I don't I don't recommend you buy it. You you may like it, but it was a book on fascism by Robert O. Paxton. Now he's a he's a conventional historian. He's a left wing Harvard professor. Uh, but he wrote a book on fascism. You can look it up. The name is um, Robert O. That's O period because that's his middle name. Robert O. Paxton, P-A-X-T-O-N. And um, he also observed the same thing. Uh, that um, uh, uh, And he, he thought that the country was ripe for fascism in the early 70s because of uh, a large population of people uh, that were disgusted with the disorder in society uh, around the Vietnam War and the radicals in the streets. And uh, he didn't, in his musings, he didn't put it beyond Nixon to uh, declare martial law. But, it, you know, I don't know. From what I've learned about Nixon subsequent to this, he doesn't seem like the kind of man that had the balls to do it. But anyway, if you want to read um, James Mason's Siege, or listen to it, uh, uh, or uh, just go to uh, click the link on the top of the form. I've got three chapters put up there now. After this broadcast, I'll post three more, so you can stuff that in your iPod or whatever you like and, and listen to it. Uh, I think it's a it's a very compelling book. Well, let's just uh, before we bring in Alex, which will be a few more minutes, I'd like to go over a, a few things that uh, you may need to be aware of. And uh, that's the f continuing fallout from uh, the elections, the midterm elections two weeks ago. And I found this uh, story uh, on the reader mail section. Uh, the headline, Record High Kike Pollution in Western Legislatures. Number of Jewish Lawmakers Worldwide Reaches a New High. This is uh, by Amaram Barkat. Tuesday's U.S. elections brought the number of Jewish parliamentarians worldwide to an all-time high, according to the International Council of Jewish Parliamentarians. Following yesterday's results, the number of Jews in the Senate, that's the U.S. Senate, rose from 11 to 13. Tenth, uh, tenth, excuse me, tenth, eleventh, twelfth percent, because there's a hundred, right? And in the uh, House of Representatives, the number of Jewish representatives went from 26 to 30. Keep in mind that this is only, what, 2-3% of the population? Listen to this. However, the United States is still only in third place worldwide for the number of Jewish legislators, listen to this, after Israel and Britain. Britain, despite having a Jewish community 20 times smaller than that of the United States, has 59 members of, Jew of Parliament including 18 in the House of Commons, and listen to this, 41 in the House of Lords. 
41 Jews in the House of Lords. The latter number includes seven barons. Seven barons. That's royalty, essentially. Is it not? James, tell me if I'm wrong when you come on the show. <sighs> However, the umbrella organization of British Jewry said that, in fact, the number of Jews in the House of Lords is even higher, totaling 46. I don't doubt it. There's probably a lot of Murano stuck in there. Okay. Hmm. After Britain, the United States come. After Britain, the United States comes France and Ukraine, followed by Russia, Brazil, Canada, and Hungary. Hungary, huh? Okay. So, is there anything more interesting there? Well, the Jews uh, continue to get fatter and more noticeable, and I think that's bad for them. I'm sure they're worried about it in their in their uh, in their circles. Another interesting thing that happened, um, uh, and didn't get a lot of attention here on the forum, was um, uh, the anthrax white powder scare. And do you remember, um, uh, in September 11th, uh, what preceded that, or happened at the same time, was anthrax being sent to politicians and news media people. And, of course, they blamed a goy, uh, or a, uh, an Aryan, excuse me, an Aryan goy, uh, Stephen Hadfield, but of course they couldn't make the uh, charges stick, and he's innocent, and I should, probably shouldn't even mention his name. But the Jew that's apparently really behind it, I think his name is Sock. If um, someone knows the name of this guy, uh, send it to me at VNN Free Talk Live. There's a lot of evidence that points to this Jew um, that uh, he did the anthrax mailings to uh, Dashiell and others. Well, Turns out there was another mailing that just happened last week, and uh, <laughs> they didn't get a Jew, but they got a next best thing, a conservative. Yeah, apparently this guy was a poster at Free Republic, and he sent out um, white powder envelopes to, um, well, the target list was very interesting. Uh, I can't say much more than that, but um, Senator Schumer... Uh, House Majority Leader, now uh, House Majority Leader, Nancy Pelosi, David Letterman, John Stewart, and Keith Olbermann. He sent out fake anthrax letters to them. And according to the story, uh, let's see, here we go at the beginning. Uh, Investigators charge Chad Costagana of Woodland Hills, California, as the person suspected sending more than a dozen threatening letters to media outlets and the homes of public figures in various cities, the FBI said in a statement on Sunday. According to the uh, federal search warrant, well, I'll list these people again, And uh, but what's interesting is that this guy is a uh, poster at Free Republic, and he had a number of things to say that were quite interesting. He went to the name Cozano over there, so you might want to look up his post to see what he had to say. And then what's interesting also about the AP article, the Reuters article that comes out about this, it mentions um, him in connection with mm, him in connection to the uh, killing of talk show host Alan Berg by white supremacists in Denver 1984. But you know what I what I've what I can't find out information is if this guy is a racialist, and if he was a racialist, 
he was on the wrong uh, board, Free Republic, because they are multiculturalists over there. So I doubt very seriously that um, he is a white supremacist, but that doesn't stop Reuters from uh, inserting his name into our movement. Oh, more on the Bush crime family. Uh, court in Texas says Bush wrong about Mexico cases. Texas's cr top criminal court rebuffed President Bush on Wednesday, ruling the commander-in-chief overstepped his bounds last year when he told state courts to give new hearings to more than a dozen death row inmates from Mexico. That's right. The unanimous opinion from the court was the first decision in dozens pending around the nation that rely heavily on the pre president's unusual intervention on behalf of 46 death row inmates from Mexico. 46. He wanted to save the life of 46 Mexican killers in the United States. This is your president. Well, he's not your president, is he? In the case of Texas, uh, the ruling specifically addressed Jose Ernesto Medellin, a gang member convicted of participating in 1993 murder and rape of two teenage girls in Houston. Race not mentioned. Bush waited in a death penalty appeals last year after the International Court of Justice. I wonder how many here can look forward to a visit by them someday. The judicial arm of the United Nations decided that the arrests of the Mexican inmates had violated the Veneva Convention on Consular Relations. Well, this president is an internationalist, and he's willing to compromise this nation's sovereignty. But worse, he's willing to destroy this nation's racial stock. He is a traitor. We've got a soundbite to play. Uh, let me remind the listeners tonight that the call-in number is VNN Free Talk Live. That's VNN Free Talk Live. You've got to have Skype. I hope everyone gets that. Uh, it's how we communicate here. So if you want to come on to the show, send me a chat message first if you could. And then uh, I'll um, see what's going on and see when I can get you in the middle of it. All right? Anyway, uh, if you were listening last week, we discussed with James the findings of uh, a Japanese man, uh, Satoshi Kanazawa, an evolutionary psychologist. He published um, research at the London School of Economics, which found that low IQs rather than poverty and disease are the reasons why life expectancy is so low and infertility, infant mortality is so high. In other words, he's saying that it's these people's genetics that explain why they're fucked up. And of course, this Research dovetails nicely with Kevin McDonald's, who's also an evolutionary psychologist, and of course, Charles Murray's work in Losing Ground and Bell Curve, which argues that uh, changing the environment will not make subhumans into humans. Well, from NPR, uh, we have this, um, this story. Here, let me roll the tape and uh, give it a listen and see what, uh, see what you think. You won't be surprised. There's more evidence today that the nation's public school system is shortchanging minority children. Mm. Two new studies underscore the huge gap between the test scores of whites and those of black and Hispanic students. NPR's Larry Abramson reports. 
Educators hear these statistics all the time, but if you're a parent or just a regular person, it's kind of shocking to be reminded how far behind many black and Hispanic school kids are in this country. Bruce Fuller with the University of California at Berkeley says despite years of education reform, black fourth graders are two and a half grade levels below white fourth graders. That means fourth grade black kids, on average, read about as well as white kids in second grade. Another study out today comes to a similar conclusion. The Northwest Evaluation Association, an education research group, took a different approach to the same problem. The group tracked progress in reading and math for half a million students to see whether individual kids who start off at the same place gradually do worse if they are poor, black, or Hispanic. Different method, same result. Holly Kuzmich of the Education Department concedes the No Child Left Behind law is supposed to be dramatically raising the performance of minority kids. Yes, that is the key goal of No Child Left Behind, to close the achievement gap by 2014. We will be happy when we are teaching all kids on grade level. We are not doing that, and we have a lot of work to do to get there. You can consider that a threat, folks. The last um, government bureaucrat you listened to, that was a, a declaration of war upon your Aryan child. And she's the, um, the bureaucrats that are enforcing these rules that are destroying the public schools, that are ruining the lives of families across the nation and depriving our children of the education they need. It's because they are forcing these niggers. Uh, what, what they're really doing is they're forcing these niggers into the presence of our white children. They're race-mixing with them. And then those who, uh, who want to perform cannot because they have to push your white child down so these niggers can meet your child's performance. And it's a goddamn crime. These educational bureaucrats will destroy your children's future just to raise up the nigger. It's disgusting. Now, I do have a, a comment on this story. Uh, this is an NPR story that came out last week. And if you go to their site and, and look for it, uh, like No Child Left Behind, you'll, you'll find the audio. There was a whiny Jew that got stuck in there, and he kind of uh, his purpose was to obfuscate this and to make the facts uh, less less uh, resonant and to and to blur the real meaning of this. But you heard the meaning of this, folks. The nigger children in fourth grade read as well as a white child does in the second grade. And, of course, they aren't telling you that the higher Asians, and I'll use that term, like Japanese and, and Chinese, uh, are also outperforming the niggers and the Mexicans. This is a racial issue that cannot be fixed. It's who they are, and it's what they are, and we want away from these people. So I the only option is to put your kids into private school or homeschooling, and I do recommend homeschooling. Okay, well, meanwhile, let's see, we got, um, before we go on to this next uh, uh, story here, which is also has a sound bite, I want to remind the listeners that this is VNN Free Talk Live, and you can call the show using, that, using Skype, and VNN Free Talk Live is the ID. Uh, try to send a uh, chat message first if you can. And uh, so, anyway, we have, um, we have a lot of listeners uh, from Europe. Not so much live listeners because it's uh, very late there. And I always like to put in a story from Europe. Usually we have James on here, but tonight um, he's not here. So 
I guess I'll have to fill in. And let's take a look at the uh, the Netherlands in particular. Uh, you know, there's a lot of news out of there, uh, very important news. And just this week, we saw that the Dutch government, in a in a really a, a it's really they're putting their their finger in the dike, but they um, they're trying to stop the madness that has happened, and they're they're paying people to leave the country, uh, and they're also trying to stop the halt of Islamic culture. And one of the things they've done this that past week is to back a uh, or to draft a ban on the burqa that's that big tent that the women wear over there so and this was also the motivation recently behind the um oh uh, in France this uh holocaust denial law uh, uh in in Turkey it seemed like odd to us but uh, the reason why the chamber of deputies did this is because um well, first, let me tell you what the law is: is that it addressed the uh, the Armenian genocide, where the Turks, uh, who are a Muslim people, uh, they slaughtered millions and millions of Armenians who are uh, vaguely, distantly white, I suppose. Some are whiter than others, I, I guess. Anyway, um, and uh, so uh, the Turks uh, don't recognize this uh, incident very well, and and so. Um, the French passed a law saying that this incident cannot be denied, and that directly impacts Turks living in France. Uh, and so this was kind of a slap in the face for them, and it was also a way to stymie integration, uh, Turkish integration into Europe. And that's why it was kind of thrown up. Uh, to us, it seemed like one of the crazy... Uh, Holocaust denial laws, but uh, in fact, I think it kind of had another uh, another side to it. But anyway, back to um, back to the Netherlands. Um, let us also recall that a, a Dutch politician, uh, Pim Fortune, was also assassinated for wanting to close the mud floodgates of immigration. And then we had the artist Theo Van Gogh, which was a descendant of Vincent Van Gogh. He was also murdered by Muslims for criticizing Islam. And there's tons of other reports, like the indigenous people of uh, of the Dutch, basically, uh, of Holland fleeing uh, their country to move to places like Australia. Uh, here, here's a story I found in the New York Times. Uh, quote, in the first nine months of this year, and this is Europe, this is our homeland. Probably a lot of people uh, listening tonight have Dutch uh, ancestors in their uh, in their family tree. Quote, in the first nine months of this year, almost 100,000 people left the Netherlands to settle elsewhere, 12,000 more than the same period last year. About half the immigrants were Dutch natives, the National Statistics Office said on Friday. If the trend continues, more than 130,000 people will have left the country by the end of this year. For the third successive year, the number of immigrants substantially outnumbers uh, the previous year. The net effect means the Dutch population was reduced by 75,000. And of course, I don't think uh, very many of these mud people are going to leave because their life is a lot better in Holland than it is uh, fighting the sand and fleas in North Africa. But anyway... Back to NPR. So, with all this background, what do we hear coming out of NPR? NPR is the government-funded uh, broadcast 
it's a propaganda network for the Jews. So every once in a while, uh, like in the previous story, I, I cut out the Jew, but the Jew was in there. His name was Rosenbaum, and he muddled the statistics to to try to convince us that it really wasn't what it was. Well, here they are again, and the Jew in this story is called Bossbaum, and this is a story from Holland, and it's about the Holocaust. A note about Anne Frank now, and the chestnut tree she wrote about in her diary, the old white horse chestnut that blossomed outside Frank's attic window. The tree is suffering from an aggressive fungus and leaf-eating moths. It will be a great loss because it's a beautiful tree. Patricia Bossbaum is with the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam. You can imagine that while she was in hiding, watching out of the window for her was realizing how, how important freedom was for her. And despite her love of the tree, Patricia Bossbaum of the Anne Frank house says the old chestnut's time is up. The tree has already been seriously ill for a couple of years, and the municipality of Amsterdam has tried everything to try and recover the tree, but it hasn't worked out, and um, its condition is now so bad that there's nothing else to be done about the tree. There is this bit of comforting news. Once the old tree is removed, a sapling taken from it will be planted in its place. In a way, it's the same tree that's going to be planted on the old spot. And um, in a way, the tree will live on. Of course, the tree will also live on in Anne Frank's diary. The tree will live on in Anne Frank's diary. You know, that tree may live on, but I'm not so sure about the Dutch natives. That is, the Dutch people. It's disgusting, isn't it? All right, I got a chat message from um, from John Law. Not sure who he is. He said that Phil Zack, Z-A-C-K, is the kike behind the original Anthrax mailings. And the uh, website he gave is um, www.otslon.net forward slash Z-A-C-K dot H-T-M-M. So I uh, mentioned the... Um, that Freeper, that Free Republic poster that was uh, sending out powder-filled envelopes to uh, <laughs> Senator Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, who I understand is a Jew, but um, I guess that's not confirmed. Uh, so anyway, couldn't happen to nicer folks, I guess. But anyway, hey, look, it's 8.30. Let me see if I can get on um, Mr. Alex Linder. I'm sure you're all dying to hear from him. He's got something to talk about with his um, with his uh, Kirksville today. Apparently, there's some things that are happening over there. Let me send him a message and ask him if he's ready. Hello. Hey, you there? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you very, very good. Oh, okay, yeah, I was listening to the broadcast. Some of the stuff you were talking about, and uh, yeah. Any feedback? Uh, yeah. Yeah, first I want to say I want to be on here for a limited time, probably for about half an hour, but, uh... Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh let's see, what are... Oh, one thing about, uh, yeah, Bush siding with the Mexican killers. That's, that's really... Isn't that something? Really, it is, and, and he... And what else did I see today? He wants to appoint some Mexican, or maybe it's Cuban, but anyway, with a Latin name from Florida to head up, uh... I that's, think uh, Mel, uh, uh, Mel Martinez... Yeah, yeah, to, and and this is uh, to replace the the Jew homo. The yeah, Jew this queer. this is his um, this is his uh, finger that he's giving to all the uh, anti-immigration activists. Completely. Yeah, and and let me uh, for anybody who doesn't understand this, and you know, 
I sure feel like a lot of what we do is repetitive, but uh, it's still important nonetheless. Let me read this quote from the former professor at Georgetown, Carol Quigley, about the two parties. Now, Quigley advised Bill Clinton. He was a, a guy who wrote a thousand-plus page book called Tragedy and Hope, and it outlines a new world order. And Quigley is fairly sympathetic to it, but he describes it. That's the important thing. And this is a quote about the two parties. He says, quote, and this is in Reader Mail today, 11-20-06, at govnn.com. Carol Quigley was right when he said in his book, Tragedy and Hope, quote, the argument that the two parties should represent opposed ideals and policies, one perhaps of the right and the other of the left, is a foolish idea acceptable only to doctrinaire and academic thinkers. Instead, the two parties should be almost identical so that the American people can, quote, throw the rascals out, unquote, at any election without leading to any profound or extensive shifts in policy. Uh, either party in office becomes, in time, corrupt, tired, unenterprising, and vigorless. Then it should be possible to replace it every four years, if necessary, by the other party, which will be none of these things, but will still pursue with new vigor approximately the same policies. End quote. Carol Quigley, Tragedy and Hope. That's 1966. Remember, this guy advised Bill Clinton, so he knows what he's dealing with as an academic, and he knows these people personally. And this is the new world order they're hoping to construct, and sham politics is part of it. And, and you know, vote or die. We've got the niggers whose hip-hop provides a soundtrack for the, this new world order that they're building. Uh, is this what you want, to be treated as a perpetual child? Well, this is what you get. And, and part of it is the mixing of the Americas, just as they want to mix, uh, mix Europe with Africa uh, and Asia, too. Uh, a lot of people don't even realize that, that there are Asian invaders in Europe, just as there are in America. And uh, we, we've got our president, head of the conservative party, siding with Mexican killers, which are yeah. found in every state in highly disproportionate numbers. And at one, when you were talking about that, uh, you know, I, I read somewhere, I think on some leftist site, the Bush family owns like an 80,000-acre ranch, I believe in Paraguay, on, on one of the rivers there. And just think about that. And think about how that would inform your politics and, and, and your general way of looking at things. If A, you've got Latin relatives, and B, you own an 80,000-acre ranch down there. I mean, <laughs> they just have nothing to do with conservatism and nothing to do with America. They, they are part of this new growing elite that, uh, that they think is going to be going to remake the world, and, and they think they're along for the ride. Uh, Ke Kevin Phillips, I mentioned this on Goyfire when I was a guest, Kevin Phillips, American Dynasty, and uh, if you want to read about the Bush, the Bush families, particularly their business dealings, uh, going back to the generations, that's the yeah. book to read. And Zapata Oil is one of their um, uh, one of their uh, uh, one of their companies they had down there that was a real greasy outfit. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so sorry about that. And, and no, no, that's uh, that's that's great addition. And and this is the guy who's going to get your son killed. This is the guy who's too goddamn dumb to see what's happening, even after it's happened. <laughs> there are people who, <laughs> what is it? There are people you know who talk about ideas and things and and people and in the three descending class. There are people who make things happen, people who watch things happen, and people who wondered what happened and then below that there's Bush. You know, <laughs> he can't figure it out after it's fucking happened. He's he's and and but take heart. Only six years after the advent of VNN, I'm reading on a front page magazine run by the Kai Korowitz, uh, the the Jews are saying the golden age in America for Jews is over. Huh. And, and they've done to Americans intellectually, as you were talking about earlier today, exactly what's been done to Iraq physically. They fucking destroyed it. And oh, the black white gap. 
Well, you know what? If, if niggers can't learn, and the Jews know they can't, this is all this NPR stuff's all a dumb show to fool white parents. If niggers yeah, can't learn Soccer for mom. genetic reasons, then, then what's the only way you can close that gap? Okay, well, you destroy it's, it's, your white children. You don't teach them anything. You, you get them down to the nigger level, and that's what the meaning, that is the practical everyday meaning of no child left behind. It means no white child gets ahead. And, and why is learning even competitive? It's not in, inherently. It's, it's, you, you learn based on your own ability and, and, and based on your own motivation. It, it is not in, in any way inherently a competitive thing. It's not like my knowing something takes away from your knowing something or the fact that you know more than me injures or damages me. No, it can potentially help me. And the, the Jews are such a monstrously destructive uh, people that uh, what have I been reading? I've been reading the book that hey, I uh, sent, me, sent me. Yeah. Sorry to sorry to slow you down here, but I wanted to, I wanted to uh, throw in a story there. This is a story I saw today. No homework and and no tests at New York school. And uh, basically, this is a Associated Press story. And uh, and they the kids go to school. They don't uh, they don't have to go to school. Well, they have to show up a certain number of hours to fulfill the. Mm -hmm. um, the re students are required to show up for a minimum of five and a half hours a day partly so the school can meet the legal definitions, but what they do with their time is up to them. The student population, ages 5 to 7, is diverse racially, economically, and in terms of ability. Uh, the students are not separated by age. On any given day, they may be playing chess, reading a book, practicing yoga, or helping to mummify a chicken. Uh, or they may be sitting there and flirting or, yeah. or curse, beating people up or wandering the halls screaming like gibbons. That's right, and basically they, there's no requirements, there's no testing, there's no, no school. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so it's all a sham to, to bring in money from the uh, taxpayers, and just everything the government does is a scam, right down to roads. I was reading a good thing in the Libertarian thing today about how the, the sole idea of roads is to maximize profits for the government, and that traffic lights actually cause more, traffic lights cause more accidents than they prevent, but I'm not going to get off on that tangent. I'm just making another point and giving a little hint to you. It's over on Lou Rockwell or, or else in their blog. And, I, and uh, I don't think I include it in the reader mail. But, but yeah, but anyway, uh, the, Jews, the Jews are all angry. The, thi the thing I wanted to talk about in the brief time I was on just briefly is... Well, uh, take your time. In, in addition to what uh, you were talking about, uh, and maybe we'll have someone call in later and talk about Bush's giant ranch. I can't remember where I read that. It was a few weeks it's ago. It's been all over the white nationalist radio and stuff. The, the his ranch? Yeah, the story of him having a house in Paraguay. Or, I haven't or, seen that on anything white. I saw it somewhere else uh, a while back. Definitely I'm, not recently. Yeah, I think I heard I it on think. Metzger. But it's I, not just a house. It's a huge, yeah, it's huge acreage. ranch. I mean, I mean uh, uh, it's not 100 acres. It's like tens of thousands of acres. It's big enough to be a county or something. It seems yeah. Like. But, but you know what I wanted to talk about was, I, I started to mention, I was over on uh, front page Horowitz's thing, and uh, I'm going to read a, a letter here and just think about this a little bit. This is in response to an article written by one of Horowitz's Jews talking about the recent UN vote to criticize Israel for, uh, I don't think it was for killing the UN observers, it was for, uh, I don't know, uh, sundry violence against the, the native Palestinians. But anyway, one of the guys in, in the, uh, and I'll put this, I'll put this link in, in the next reader mail, he says, uh, they are the, uh, Ray the French, they are responding to their public in many ways. The populist anti-Semitism that exists here has, to some extent, merged with the aspirations of the sort of politicians you name. That is, voting for Kucinich is a way for isolationists and nativists to express xenophobia. 
<laughs> there's a, a it's like a triple you know Yahtzee or, or perfect Scrabble score of all these Jewish smear terms in within one sentence or one clause within one sentence. But back to the support. You just have to spend a few hours on the left-wing blogs and the 911 conspiracy theory sites to see that, in the end, many bloggers and readers blame the Jews, think the Mossad took down the World Trade Center, that Wolfowitz, Crystal, and Krauthammer work for the Mossad, and that the Sunni-Shia war, latest expressed in Iraq, is phony at its core and is simply a result of Zionist or Zionist American machinations. They really believe this. They actually believe that Dozens of young Arabs being the recipients of power drill torture sessions every day in Baghdad is clever Zionist manipulation. Personally, I think that Dan Pipes is right when he says that the golden era of American Jewry is ended. Huh. What happens now depends on whether there are more massive attacks here and whether the, these politicians succeed in mobilizing this latent Buchanan-style nativism into the rallying cry of the Democrats. Probably they will not, but who knows. But but anyway, uh, yeah, they, they are the, the locusts are are down to the last leaf. It would seem, you know, America. It, there's there's the flush. Yeah, it's rich. There's all kinds of money. But look around and what do you see? Here in Kirksville, and this leads into another thing I want to talk about how, briefly. Uh, like I've said before, I swear to God, we have a new uh, do, we have a new check casher store open almost daily. The the best employer in town, which is a They've always made these plastic bracelets that you get on your wrist in the hospital. I think they've sold off that aspect of their business. They've just laid off more people with more layoffs on the way. And this is the entire economy. It's, it's loaning money mm -hmm. to, to, to these dumbasses who can't control their behavior or, or are just simply desperate because they can't earn more than $7 an hour. And it, it's dollar stores and check cashers, and that's the entire economy. And it, it really fits in. The book I've been reading is uh, The Riddle of the Jews... Success, which is an old uh, book written, I think, in like 20s Germany. And, and I read a lot of it last night. It's just completely related to what we see today. And it talks about Jewish economic practices, which is working together. And he says, where they, it was considered in the old school, and this is something no one would ever realize today in America unless you read it. It was considered a déclassé to go after, actively go after customers. There, there would be, say, in an industry, uh, 10 different goyim would have their business in Germany, and they would each have their own customers. And they would never go out and try to actively win business. Well, the Jews would come in and do this and try to destroy and undercut through uh, ways legal and, and really unscrupulous. They would try to centralize and collectivize all the things in one, uh, one effort and then come back later and raise the prices. But, but they would take very physically, physically drag people into their stores to get them to buy stuff, to get people to buy stuff so they would go away. And they're just, they have an utterly foreign ethic to, to Aryan society. And, and we really have learned in, in very large measure to think completely Jewishly. Because even the idea of uh, advertising based on price to steal others' customers was completely considered completely unethical. And, and their whole idea is to get the, the value out of something, get it moving, get it circulating, increase trade and global trade. And you really see from this book how much the, the idea of global free trade really is, is a Jewish thing. Because it, the whole idea of, of having department stores is to stimulate demand beyond the natural, create demand for stuff that you wouldn't need in a normal society. And you see how the, the easy credit and the TV really accentuate those trends. And it, the whole thing works to get people thinking the wrong way. And then get them fucked up, and, and once they're moving and fucked up, well, you can you know you got no end of stuff you can sell them and, and government services that they need, and it all redounds to the benefit of the Jew. And by God, I mean they are the most destructive people in the history of the world. It, 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 it's absolutely undeniable to anybody who reads into it. You you see, 
<laughs> there is nothing like National Socialist and even pre-National Socialist literature uh, for descriptions of America a hundred years after the fact. Well, 60, 70 years after the fact. That's why I've said this a dozen times. Read Goebbels, and it's, it's far more apposite, or apposite than, uh, than reading Charlie Reed, even, or, or, or Charlie Reese, or Fred Reed, or, or Paul Craig Roberts. I mean, it's directly on the point. And these guys, even these critics who, after 40 years in the establishment and have made their money and retired, then they start jiping and sniping at the system from the economic safety. You know, okay, uh, and and they they give you a tenth of what you need to know, and it's always coded. My, so they're do, they're do no respect, and they still use as hate words the same smears the Jews that they act act as though they oppose. Do you know the Nazis are evil? No, the Nazis are the good guys. The Nazis told you what's actually going on, and it's a measure of how weak logic the logical faculty in man is that we can't see that, or we don't have the guts to stand up for it. That's where the faith has to kick in to support the reasoning. A man has to use reason and have the faith to back it up. But yeah, you can think to a conclusion and check it against reality, and if you're right, then God damn it, you've got to stand with that and fight and persevere. And that's what we're doing. And let me tell you, Jeff, it's a real pleasure to sit back and just listen to, listen to you talking about these stories. And I, okay, here's a sane, normal man discussing things that, that I need to know. Without that goddamn NPR... Yeah, it's like they have a, ver a, a vocal or an oral varnish that co coats and covers everything that comes out of their mouth. They're so self-satisfied. Boy, they don't have a worry in the world about where their next shekel's coming from, do they? Well, I listen to a lot of radio, and and I listen to them because I don't watch TV, and I can listen to radio on the go. And and in that in that first clip about the um, the facts about the nigger, the subhuman performance as compared to humans. Uh, they they did mm -hmm. insert a Jew in the middle of that, as I repeatedly told the listeners. Uh, yeah. He Rosenbaum, and he was saying, "Well, you know, you can't really believe these numbers, and you know, if they did this differently, it would turn out differently." And I and just cut all that crap out because sure, it, it's just uh, it shouldn't be in there anyway. And if they if they were, you know, it, 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 there are compounded ironies there because you know yeah. what they claim is fourth grade level. <laughs> well, <laughs> believe me, it's pretty damn low level. I don't know. You know just uh, take take a take a look uh, take a take a take a look around you people, and uh, as I do every week when I go out, I, I I try not to leave the house very much. But when I go out, I look around and and what I see going on around me is just frightening beyond measure. And uh, and like in Kirksville now, you've got this. You got what a queer bar now in Kirksville. Yeah, and and Jeff, thanks for bringing that up because that uh, that that was what I just forgot and I planned to talk about. We've talked about local blogs before and the power of the alternative press. Well, as you know, Truman State has a paper and they just printed articles. And if you've read this on VNN or Kirksville Today, you, you know what I'm talking, what I'm going to say. But they spent about a yard of newsprint publicizing a local illegal alien. And they have, just like we do, they, you, you can blog, blog post on their article. And there was a Mexican, and, and then I posted below him on that. And, you know, it went up, or it appeared to be up, and then it's gone. And, and this is how the left operates. They simply do not allow any criticism of anything on other than tr on non-trivial points. If you have a substantial difference with the left, the chances are that you will never get your letter published anywhere. And this is their way of operating. This is what they always do. And and so the only way you have out is to develop your own media. And even if you're not qualified, hell, you're still qualified to talk about what goes on locally. And, yeah, we have a queer bar coming to Kirksville. I happened to learn that fact a couple weeks in, weekends ago. And as far as I know, that's a scoop. 
No one else has printed that in Kirksville. And, and it, not like that's any great achievement because you in your local area will know all kinds of things yourself that will never make the paper. And what, what you really learn when you go to a small town is how little of what actually happens ever gets reported. It's just a tiny fragment. And they're very unwilling to offend their, their local advertisers, uh, you know, the courts and the, and the local federal officials. I mean, the local people carrying out the federal agenda. That's never going to make it in the papers. And so, really, you have to do it all. We're having to remake the world the way we want it to be, and, and it has to be vertically integrated from, from genes to, to politics to media. The whole thing. You can't trust any aspect of this system. This is all a you can total, do total is refrain from. Yeah, it's, it's gazomped. I mean, you have to, you basically have to refrain from buying as much as you can because everything that you do, everything that you buy that's new, you're basically putting money in some Jew's pocket. So you want to do as much bartering as you can, just trading, as much service, as much uh, black economy stuff as you can, you know, mowing someone's yard for 20 bucks if you're a kid or something. Do that. And, uh, of course, I don't advocate breaking the law, but no one's going to know if you're doing that kind of stuff. And that's how a huge portion of business in America is conducted because the taxes are, are onerous. And believe me, they can get worse, and under the Democrats, they're likely to. But you, you, the government is your enemy, and it's really the largest enemy you have, and it's operated by Jews. So once you know that, you know, that, that insight has application to a thousand other things. And you just need to know the guts of it. The Jew is your enemy, and the Jew is the one running the government. The Jew is the guy trying to get your kid killed over in Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, Syria, wherever. The Jew is the one blowing up the UN Observer post that has been established for a long time, and he knows is there. And then whining and calling people anti-Semites who resent being murdered for it. And the relatives complain when France votes against them in the UN. So the, the Jew is your enemy. And we, we BNN was founded on that, that fact, and putting that first and foremost, and not using any kind of code words or anything else, but telling you the straight truth. The longer I live, the less I believe people who say that people have to go step by step and be spoon-fed. Bullshit. It's not hard to understand the Jew stuff at all. If the Germans could understand it 60 years ago, the average American sure as hell can understand the simple connection that, hey, you know, the Mexicans don't just come in here. It's not. There's a decision made to let them come in here. Who made the decision? By God, it was the organized Jews operating through the Jewish Immigration Control Minister. And it's not just in America it's happening, it's happening in Australia and England and Germany and France, you know, in Sweden and Switzerland too. And this is not hard stuff to understand. I don't think people are so fucking dumb. It's not rocket science. And let me let me name let me name cliche. a couple couple it's pretty names fucking here. Easy to understand, actually. Doris Meisner, she was in that INS all through the Clinton years. That Jew Doris Myers, uh, Meisner. Meisner, yeah. And then mm -hmm. the other one was um, go to Craig Cobb interviews on GoVNN.com and go to the archive and look for the word name Sparrow. This woman, S-P-E-R-O, she got a high-ranking position in, in the immigration bureaucracy, and she has an undergraduate degree in English literature. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How does that happen? How does that happen? It's like what what have, what is what have I said? I've said being a Jew is like a universal backstage pass or universal accreditation that qualifies you to go anywhere and do it. Well, you're a Jew, of course you're an expert. I mean, does is an expert just another name for Jew? I mean, they, they got to be in the middle of everything. And the thing is, this stuff is not new. Is this book I'm talking about? This was all known not just a hundred years ago, but a thousand years ago. And I exaggerate a little, but not very much. I mean, the, the, their new trades and techniques that the Jews have learned 
in the last thousand years, but they, they were the same thing before any Christians existed. And did you see today, uh, I don't think you mentioned this news item, but uh, the, these, these wacko settlers over there that are funded with our American tax money because Jews control our government beat the hell out of some uh, Swedish girl over there trying to help the Palestinians. And they said, we killed no. Jesus, we'll kill you too. They were chanting something like that. Absolutely incredible. These people are shameless. They, they think we are just utter suckers. Because Cattle. they're like, God, I can't believe you can just cheat these people. You spit in face and tell them it's raining. Yeah. Yeah, they believe that the honest-to-God Jewish so-called religious belief is that non-Jews are animals, and they're only put in human form so that the Jews won't be offended while we are serving them. How wacky is that? But they actually believe that. And, and the, the proof is, look at the way they act. They act like you can, you can kill, you can spit on, shit on, kick in the face, kick in the nuts, do whatever you want to any goyim. What, what are they going to do? If they do anything back, it's anti-Semitism. People are a bunch of cowards. They're not going to fight back. They're gutless. They exist to serve us. That's exactly how Jews think. And, man. <laughs> you know, I'm reading your... Um, That's I'm one day's example. That Swedish girl in Palestine. She's like 19. I'm reading your uh, Kirksville today, and if uh, readers don't, know, I want to I want to put out a, a point here about this um, Kirksville today. The way you, the way you get to it is govnn.com, and there'll be a link there to Kirksville today. Um, but if you if you just want to go directly there, you can go to kirksvilletoday.com. And um, I also would like to mention uh, newjerseyunfiltered.com. Uh, if you go to the forum. Probably the quickest way to go there is from the forum, and there's a New Jersey Unfiltered link up on top. And this is Bud White's blog uh, about New Jersey, and there's going to be mm-hmm. some updates there. I was talking with Stan and Bud. I think there's going to be some uh, – the last update was November 14th. But um, uh, what I want to talk about, these local blogs, uh, and we've mentioned this several times, and listeners who will know this uh, who've listened will know this, but uh, look – uh, you you want a local blog and you know you can deliver and put this up, uh, uh, you know you can deliver and do this kind of reporting like Bud White does and, and Alex does and other people. Uh, Yankee Jim, uh, uh, he's he's not with he's not on VNM, but uh, VNM will help you if if uh, you know if, if if you really if you want to cover if, your own scene. If you're serious about it. Yeah. And you intend and the important thing is a that you're serious and what that means is that you're going to update it. Regularly, even if that's only once a week, uh, if you're serious about doing it, we will help you. This yeah. this is important to build a national network of alternative media spots, and not 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 the leftist fashionable idea of alternative. The leftist stuff is is only about 20% alternative because it does censor a lot of the Jew criticism, and to the extent it allows, it'll be criticism of Zionists. Well, we ain't after Zionists; we're after Jews. The Jew is the problem. The Jew doctrines create the problem for the rest of us. They are a racially different group. Now get out there and talk about what's going on in your local area because it damn sure won't make the local news. And yeah, you know we're, we're not interested you, you in You know what your paper's not reporting. Well, people yeah. want to read that. Meet those people. You know, they're, they are out there. Talk about the stabbings in your area that, that they don't report on in the local paper. Ask the questions about why, you're, 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 uh, why your uh, town is filling up with these people. And why aren't the local people doing anything about it? Why aren't they uh, putting out laws? You know, I, I, I've been down to City Hall, and I've made those people answer questions, and I've put them on the spotlight about this stuff. And uh, you can do that, too, and you can blog about sure you it. you can. 
and uh, and blog know. about people who are hiring illegal aliens. Yeah. I mean, why, why is a, a state-funded educational institution writing a bunch of praise of an illegal alien who has the same first name as that illegal alien that murdered Drew Sodine, Shodine up in uh, the Dakotas? You know, funny, funny, and this is the thing. My family's been here 150 years, and I, you know, I never try to pull rank or act like that, but God damn it, if Linders have been here 150 years and been respected in the community, I can't get a post published on an educational institution's webpage that was founded in part because two, two of the three people who got it here in Kirksville were my ancestors, okay? And I can't get anything posted, but they'll write, and, and I'm nothing but a hater to be shat on in my community, you know, when I have kids and they've had people who lived here for 150 years, and this, this fuck shit can come up from Mexico. He's a, a nothing, a, no, a no-brain, fat, stupid-looking. He can cause gringos in the paper and be celebrated by these fucking monkey spanks over at the college. What kind of a world is this? Well, it's, it's a world not directed in your, in your interest, white man. Unless you fight back, <laughs> no one else is going to fight for you. They're fighting against you. Look at this affirmative action stuff. And the guy, the Judicial Inc., uh, had a very good thing on the, on the University of Michigan, the affirmative action. Yep. I mean, their their whole idea is creating a class, a professional class, about fifty percent Jew, and the rest is is Asian and faggots and 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 women, and and what are white males going to have left to do? Damn near anything. They're just there to be a butt on these commercials, you know, to play the the, the evil hicks. Like in this Nextel commercial, they 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 run on TV now, where the deliverance meme. You know, where are you headed? You know, would you call me? You know, he showed the other guy smearing dirt on the windshield. Well, from what I've seen in the world, what actually happens is niggers will sometimes try to uh, get you to pay them not to break your windshield in some, some places in the east. And I've been, I'm like, get out of here. I don't want my window cleaned by you. You know, and they give you attitude and they leave, and who knows if they're going to come back and fuck up your car later. You know, but does that, is that ever reflected in these commercials made by these cool city faggots? You know, fuck these faggots and fuck the Jews who've helped them out and whose model they follow. So why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit more here about about this um, this headline here you have on the Kirksville today? Uh, What's the latest one? Well, the one you have here about uh, the index celebrates. Oh yeah. Well, they, they what's that all this, about? Who, what's the index well, and what's TSU? Index, index Truman State University. Now, okay. It used to be Northeast Missouri State. It was a, t- a normal college. That means it trained teachers. That's what it was forever, but it became, after the manner that Paul Fussell discusses in the book Class, excellent book. It, Paul you know, Fussell? Became, Paul Fussell. Okay. Went to Pomona, actually, or taught there, where I, went to, where I graduated. He, he, it, it uh, you know, it became more and more grandiose until, you know, it's a, it's a teacher school. It's a normal school. It's a, it's, a, it's a university. It's a state university. It's, you know, it's a college. It's a university. It's, you know, uh, whatever. They, they all get like that, but... And it has nothing to do with Truman. That was a political decision to rename it Truman State University about five years ago. So, anyway, that's the local college. It's very highly ranked by U.S. News and World Report, primarily because it's so cheap. But it styles itself the gem liberal arts school for the Midwest. So the kids there are fairly intelligent. It has many more females than males. And it has about 6,000 students. They run a paper called The Index. Every single year, like clockwork, they celebrate exactly the same things in their life section or their, their supplements. It's always a bunch of stuff about fags. They recently had a, a Latina from California writing about some great drag queen festival they had over at, like, Nemo Fairgrounds, I think it was. Huh. 
And so they have a very active fag segment. And now there's we've discovered that there's going to be an existing bar named Coyotes is going to be renamed the uh, uh, Rainbow Club, I think it is. And so because apparently they think they can make more money catering to faggots. Uh, so you, you my point think is that the college university, yeah, you wouldn't think that except I'm telling you this country is far gone. Yeah. And the thing is, fags, because people are disgusted by fags, they have to be like Jews. They have to be kind of underground and conspiratorial, like Yiddish in public, British in, British in public, Yiddish in private. They show one face of the world, they show another face amongst themselves. Well, after Stonewall, where the fags rioted against the police, they've been liberated. So now they're free to be queer in public and make everybody like it. If you don't like it, it's a hate crime. So this has a lot of uh, bang on, as the British say, effects. Uh, once something's tolerated publicly, then it, you know, it must be a good thing, and nobody can say anything against it. Well, then it deserves special rights to, it can have its own bars and have them openly queer. It gets celebrated in the papers. The fags work their way onto the different committees. They, you get, they get a few fags in as professors. The Jews invite them in along with the Jews. And anything that's not white male normal, the Jews are, are in favor of. So they want to destroy white heteronormativity. Bring in the fags, get them on the committees, including the admissions committee, start bringing in faggot kids as students, set up little gay safe alliances and, and little gay safe zones, and start perpetrating all the same leftist orthodoxy as here. You know, since this is a semi elite school, it's here more strongly than it would be, say, a southwest Missouri state, or now it's just called Missouri State. But, uh, uh, yeah, the whole fag phalanx is definitely here in Kirksville. The and, fag uh, phalanx. Well, I mean, they have their they have their uh, the fag brigades, the fag phalanx, the, the the fag subculture that is more much more mainstream than anyone trying to oppose them. Mm -hmm. They have the the high points. They have the funds. They have the committees. They have the the backing of the official establishment. Yeah, they do. And if you oppose them, you're a hater. So and who's there's, there's nothing in between. Who's this Polker? Uh, I don't know her. I don't. I, I first I thought she was a student, but now. Uh, I, I thought she, w I didn't pay careful enough attention because I made the reference to the blonde girl and I said, check out what happened to Shodine. And that's a fair point, but I, I was thinking the, the blonde, there's a picture of a blonde girl talking naively and stupidly to the Mexican that they're writing about, uh, who's basically an illegal alien up uh -huh. here working in one of the restaurants. I thought that blonde girl was this Diane Poker who wrote the article, but I, but that's not the case. The blonde girl is someone different. So who Poker is, I don't know. She's either a student or a professor. Uh... Or I suppose she could be someone else, but 95% she's a student or professor. And it didn't say professor, so she's probably a student. But, you know, now, they wouldn't let my comment stand. But you can read my comment at Kirksville today. So or you, on you posted they have some sort of blog or something? Yeah, they say, you know, like everything. You can post comments. And they and took yours down. Well, yeah, if it ever went up. It appeared it was up. There was a comment from a Mexican, like Jose Lopez, before mine. And then I posted mine, but it and their software may be kind of screwed up, but now I can't find either his or my comment. And there aren't many comments on there in general, but it does have a, a capacity for taking comments. So anyway, you can read whatever I wrote. But it, it, that, that's my point about leftism. It, wherever it can stifle dissent, it will. It will never allow any criticism if it, if it can crush it. it just, it's totalitarian. And I don't know what I have to say or, or how I could possibly say it differently than I do. I'm not trying to overstate or... I'm simply trying to state the facts as they are, as I have seen over the last 25 well, you years know, they, of direct they will, experience they will allow, with these people. They will occasionally allow someone like Duke or, or someone like that to come on TV, but they always frame uh, their, an appearance like this as someone who is uh, crazy yeah, or dangerous. Well. 
They poison the well just like when I was on Conway Whitman. They poison yes. the well not not only at the beginning but before every single comeback for the set new segment. They poison the well, and yeah, that they to the extent they allow any representation, it's you're you're an evil hater. But I can't make a legitimate comment. Why is your paper spending a yard praising a guy who's an illegal alien who, whose employers are breaking the law? That comment can't. It doesn't matter how substantive or how nicely nicely termed your argument is, they don't want to hear it. It's that simple. Don't make the mistake of thinking it's, it's a matter of being nice or that you, because you personally are a good guy, uh, that's the difference between you and me and they're going to allow your comment. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's not personal. It's purely political. They don't want any criticism of what they're doing. They have an orthodoxy. They have the power. They're not going to let you have anything. Day of the Rope. It's coming. GoVNN.com